Hey, this is Mitch Rose. I'm the lead pastor of City Hills Church, and this is our podcast. Thanks for tuning in today. I hope this message encourages you, it inspires you, it challenges you to live your best life. Take a listen. Here's this week's message. Glad that you're here. If this is your first week or if you missed a couple of weeks, we are in the final message in a series I called, thank you, Roy, called Struggle Bus. We're talking all about the struggles of our lives. It's really a mental health series. I've never uh, thought of it in those terms, but it honestly is. I have preached to you over the last several weeks about some pretty heavy topics. Uh, Last week, I got to talk to you about joy and choosing joy, one of the values of our house, that you choose joy. And this is a joy-filled church. I love that. We think church ought to be enjoyed, not just endured. Amen, everybody. We think you ought to smile when you come to church. You 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 ought not look like an old mule-eating briars. You ought to smile every once in a while and have a good time. If you don't like having fun in church, you're going to hate the next 30 minutes of your life because I want to have fun in church. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, the Bible said, there's freedom, there's joy. And so uh, we talked all about joy. And a couple of weeks ago, we talked about trauma. I think that's one of the more defining messages I've brought to this church this year. If, uh, if you didn't hear that, I'd encourage you to go to YouTube and find that message. Uh, but we're talking in this series all about our mental health and anxiety and depression and trauma. And today I want to talk about something we kind of overlook sometimes. And it's, it's a really common uh, issue. And I think we don't talk about it because we all deal with it. I know that's true. A lot of times as a communicator, we'll avoid issues that I just I personally deal with i got to be honest with you, today I'm preaching to me, all right, everybody? I'm, I'm preaching to me. I want to talk to you about worry today. Where's all my worry warts at? Let me see your hands. Keep your hands up really tall. All my worry warts worried about... How many of you are worried to raise your hands? I'm just worried he's going to make me do something. <laughs> I'm worried they're going to sell me something. Or... And it's typical that if you're married to a worrier, you are just the opposite of that. You don't care about nothing. Can I get an amen on that? Yeah, those are the worriers who are amening. I worry about how not worried you are. I think you should worry more. I'm worried about your lack of worry. You ever met somebody like that? And they always group up with people and marry somebody who's like, "Ah, it's going to be fine. Things are going to be fine. No, you don't understand. The sky is falling. We got to worry. Oh, it's going to be good. These are also, this is not in my notes, but converse. These are the people, some of them show up on time. Some of them get there at the third song in second service. Are you with me, everybody? Same people. Hurry up. We're going to be late for church. Ah, we got time. Just look straight ahead. I can see you all. <laughs> Worry, worry. According to the health organization, the World Health Organization, Americans have a bigger uh, Americans have a bigger problem with worry than any other country in the world. We're the most affluent society on planet Earth in the history of the planet, the most affluent society, and yet we are the most worry filled. Congratulations, everybody! That's our prize, you know. Like that, Americans worry more than anybody else. We have more, and we worry more. If you've lived any amount of time, if you've had a job any amount of time, if you've had a career, if you've been married for any amount of time, you know this. The more you have, the more you worry. When you're young, you start thinking, man, if I could just get more, then it'd be easier. Look at me. It ain't easier. More zeros is more problems. More employees is more problems. More locations in your business, more issues. More, 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 it's just more. Just, and, you, and you think to yourself, man, if I could just get to a certain point, the worry stops. My experience is the more I get, the more I worry about what I have. 
You ever looked over your life? Brandy and I do this sometimes, laying in bed when we're stressed out and can't sleep and worried. And we think, man, life was simpler back then. You ever play that game? Hopefully you're laying in bed with your spouse. Hello, somebody. So, <laughs> otherwise you need to worry about something else. And, 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 we'll just, we'll, and we'll think, man, it was simpler back then. And you romanticize the past, you know. You forget all the worries you had when you didn't have anything. And we'll say things like, man, it was so much simpler without our kids. Now, we love our kids a whole lot. I love them a lot. There are times I don't like them at all. But I love them a lot. But it was simpler without kids. Can I get a better amen than that? Like, and some of y'all have more than two. We only have two. They only come in two flavors. We have a girl and a boy. We got both flavors. And so we stopped. And, uh, but some of you have four or five or six. I don't know why, but you do. And you have a lot. Some of you are bored a lot. Or the pandemic was, <laughs> y'all were really, y'all were locked up. And so, uh, but you, life was simpler. We didn't have all these schedules. We didn't have all this stuff. We didn't have soccer. We didn't have cheer. We didn't have all this stuff we go to. And life was simpler when we didn't have a house. You know, when you're young and you're renting an apartment, you think, if I could just buy a house. And the day you buy a house, you realize nobody's coming to fix this stuff. It's me. And I can't fix anything. <laughs> And you realize, man, it's harder now that I have all of this stuff. You think if I could just make a certain amount of money, things would get easier. And you make that amount of money, and then you realize, now i got all these bills and payments with all this money, and it sounded like a good idea. Starting my own business sounded like a good idea, but now I am worried. According to Barna Research, about 60% of adults in the United States struggle with worry every day. That means six out of ten of you, just counting on the row, one, two, three, four, five, six, you. One, two, three, four, five, you. Just, just full of worry. You're going to be worried in this message. I'm talking and your mind's wondering. I hope my kids aren't biting somebody. God, please don't let him bite somebody in this church. <laughs> he bit somebody in the last church. You're worried about stuff. You're worried about all kinds of stuff. You're worried about a test you have coming up. You're worried about a doctor's appointment coming up. You have legitimate worries in your life. You're worried about your teenagers. I have a preteen girl. Don't tell me none of your horror stories. I don't want to hear them, but... But you're worried about your teenager and choosing the right path and choosing the right friends. And there's worry in your life. And honestly, you, you could start thinking, man, maybe I'm not spiritual. Maybe something's wrong with me. And it's nothing wrong with you. You're just born sinful like the rest of us. And so you worry. Our default is to fear and not faith. I know over the last three years you've heard and you've seen and you've got bumper stickers and you put it all over your Facebook, you know, faith over fear. And, it's a, and I said it, and I believe it, and it's a great, it's a great line. But the truth is I'm, my, my proclivity, I'm given to fear first, right? My first response is fear, not because I'm not spiritual or not because I don't trust God, because I'm normal. And because you're normal, you stay up worried and you got fear. Nobody's ever awake at 2 o'clock in the morning trying to figure out how to handle all this joy they have. <laughs> God, I got so much peace, I don't know what to do with it right now. I can't sleep, things are so good. <laughs> no, you're up at 2 o'clock in the morning going, Oh God, why did my kid bring home that other kid from school who has her nose ring? They look like a bull. If you have a nose ring, I'm not. But why, God? Why? Why is she dating him? He stinks. He physically stinks. He doesn't bathe. He wears a hoodie during the summer, God. Why would you let my daughter marry this guy? Why? 
we stay up worried about money, what's going to happen, where, where are we going to get money from. Maybe you have aging parents, if you're in your 40s, your 50s, maybe your parents are in their 60s, 70s, 80s, and you're worried about what are we going to do, how are we going to make it, what, what's going to happen to them. Maybe you're worried about big things, not, not little things. Maybe, you're, maybe you watch the news a lot, like I, I'm a news junkie and... You worry about terrorism, you worry about wars, you worry about Russia, you worry about racism, you're worried about division, you're worried about the price of bacon. Why is bacon so expensive right now? These are the things that keep me awake at 2 o'clock in the morning. Nobody's up early counting their blessings. We're up early thinking, God, I hope this works out. Man, I don't know what to do about this. Man, this really has me concerned. What do I do with all of this stuff? I don't know how to make sense of this. What if it goes this way? What, you ever play the what if game? What if she says this? What if they do that? What if it fails? This is all we got. This is, we put all of our eggs in this basket. What if things don't work out in this business? What if, what if, I, what if I made the wrong decision? What if moving here was not the right decision? What if, what if that school was the wrong choice? And, and you have all this worry, and it turns into anxiety. But I think anxiety and worry are different things. And I'm not a professional, but I do play one on the stage every Sunday. And so I don't know whether or not this is psychologically true, but I think anxiety and worry overlap, but they're different. Let me give it to you the way I think. This is probably an oversimplification, but here's the way my mind works. Write this in your notes if you're taking notes today. We tend to experience worry in our minds, and we tend to experience anxiety in our bodies, right? Worry in our minds and anxiety in our bodies. I remember not long ago, several months ago, but actually about a year ago, uh, was the first time in my life, in my adult life, that I can remember in my 40s now, and, and I had a panic attack. I had an anxiety attack that I now know how to put language to what I was experiencing. I had been awake about 36 hours, could not sleep, couldn't go to sleep. I was physically shaking. I was in the emergency room. It actually happened on a Saturday night. I came here and preached to you that Sunday morning, and hopefully you didn't know too much. But we experience anxiety in our bodies but the anxiety, I think, is a symptom of what starts in our minds, and that's the worry. What's wrong? What's going to happen? How, how are things going to go? I hope this doesn't... I hope this... Worry is often very specific, and anxiety is generally very broad. Things like this. Uh, you could be anxious, anxiety about traveling, but you could worry about being late and missing a flight. Are you with me on that, everybody? Where's, where's everybody who gets to the airport early? Where's all the saved people? Saved people, you get to church early. Raise your hands, yeah. Good. Where's all the lost people that run straight to the plane just as soon as it's lost people? Keep your hands up. We're going to give an altar call in a moment. Listen, you, and they marry each other. <laughs> they marry each other. And they find each other. Brandy and I are these people. I like to get to the airport hours in advance. I like to walk around. I like to take it all in. I like to visit different gates. I like to visit different terminals. They have better coffee over there. I like to find a good seat. I like to charge all of my electronics. I like to pray, think. Just be there. Are you with me, everybody? Brandy would prefer for me to push her out of the truck. She runs directly onto a plane. She tells me, what are you worried about? We got assigned seats. When my assistant books us on a good flight, we have assigned seats. When you're on Southwest, you got to fight for that junk. You know what I mean? You got to just, you got to punch somebody in the face to get a good seat. But, 
But on a good airplane, you can you got to sign seats. And she's like, what are we worried about? And I said, I'm worried about where to store my luggage. And I'm worried about people sitting beside me. Even if I have assigned seats, I don't want to sit by somebody dumb. And so I just need to, I'm worried. And I'm worried about why you're not worried about it. Are you with me? We worry and we worry and we worry. Maybe you can relate. Feels like somebody ought to be worrying about this stuff. We worry. If you have your Bibles, turn to Matthew, the sixth chapter. Jesus is preaching his most famous sermon, the Sermon on the Mount, Matthew 5, 6, 7, a little bit of 8. He's right in the middle of the Sermon on the Mount, and he gives this entire discourse on worry. Now, we love the Sermon on the Mount when we talk about the Beatitudes. We love that t- talking about uh, that God's going to bless, and we love about, uh, you know, how Christ fulfills the law, and we love about the marriage stuff, and we love talking about loving your enemies and go the extra mile, but right in the middle of the Sermon on the Mount is a sermon on worry. Jesus tells you not to worry. He actually gives you five of the biggest topics. I don't think this covers everything, but Jesus gives five topics that you and I worry about sometimes. He talks about your finances. He talks about your food. He talks about fitness. He talks about your fashion, and he talks about the future. Now, I know that all of those start with an F. I'm a preacher, and it's a disease, and I can't make it stop. So anyway, there's finances and food and fitness and fashion and your future. And he talks about these big areas that you may end up struggling with and worried about in your life. So Matthew 6 and verse 25, flip there. And Jesus says it like this, Therefore... I tell you, do not worry. If you're looking for a verse to put on your mirror this week, if you're looking for something to write on a post-it note, if you're looking to write on your bathroom mirror and lipstick, only if you're a girl, then write this one. Therefore, I tell you, do not worry. Now, I've told you this before, but I'll remind you. Every time you see the word therefore in the Bible, ask. Thank you for listening. Thank you for both of you that listen every week. What's it there for? So you got to go backwards. Go to verse 24, Matthew 6 and 24. It starts like this. You cannot serve both God and money. Okay. Therefore, don't worry. So the first one's about money. The first one's about money. Therefore, don't worry about your finances. Now listen, I'm not telling you you shouldn't be concerned about your finances. I'm not telling you you shouldn't plan for your finances. I'm telling you you don't worry about money. Why would I not worry about money? Well, I'll get to it in a moment. But the big idea is if God is my source, then God can't fail. I don't look to you or anybody else as my source. I go to God. You are my resource, where you get job, where you get a paycheck, where you work at, the police department you work at, the school that you work at, the, the, the accounting office that you're in, the oil and gas company that you work for. Though that, that's, that's my resource, but those people aren't my source. God is my source. If this whole world burns up, God is, that's what Jesus is saying. He said, don't worry about it. Don't obsess with money. Don't focus on money. Just put God first. And then verse 25. Matthew 6 and 25, he says, Therefore I tell you, here's the rest of it, Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life. What you eat or drink, there's food. Don't worry about your body, there's fitness. Can I get a better amen from the Husky Brothers? Don't worry about what you wear, there's fashion. 
Jesus said, don't worry about food. Now listen, that's an odd thing to say, don't worry about what you eat or drink. He's actually talking to poor people that are listening to this Sermon on the Mount. They're not worried about where they're going to lunch. They're worried about if they're going to have lunch. And Jesus is teaching you, you don't have to worry about the ifs of your life. I'll provide everything that you need. That's why he would teach us to pray like this. Give us this day our daily bread. He said, I'll take, I'm your source. I'm taking care of you, your finances, your food. You don't have to worry. Don't worry. One of my favorite verses in the Bible, don't worry about your body. <laughs> Hallelujah. Not that you shouldn't take care of yourself. This is for me. Not that you shouldn't take care of yourself. Take care of yourself. You're responsible. This, your body's the temple of the Holy Spirit. Say amen to that. But don't obsess over that. Don't obsess over that. It's more than this. It's more than me. Why? Because this body is temporary. Listen to me. I don't care how much you work out or how much you don't eat bread. Your body is going to die and decay, and it stays here when your spirit goes to heaven. Jesus said, don't focus so much on what's temporary. Get your eyes on what's eternal. Don't focus on your body. He said, don't focus on your fashion, on what you wear. Why would you say that? I don't think it was more about your clothes. I think it was more about don't worry about what people think about you. Is any, look straight ahead, all the men. Don't get in trouble right now. Don't give yourself away. But maybe you're married to someone, not me. Brandy's perfect. But I've heard of men who are married to women that they change multiple entire outfits before they leave the house. Y'all are too scared to laugh. <laughs> That's how scared you are. You've been married long like I have. Brandy will put on multiple, I'm just, I'm saying it. Brandy will put on multiple outfits, entire outfits, top to bottom, shoes, hats, coats, everything. And then immediately look in the mirror and go, I hate this. This is no good. And we start all over. Men, listen to me. All my shirts are blue. I'm just picking which blue one I'm wearing today. The funny thing is, it's almost always the first outfit she tried on, she ends up wearing anyway. Are you with me on that, everybody? Jesus said, listen, it's not, it's not, I'm not talking about clothes. I'm talking about your, don't worry. Don't get up every day going, I wonder what they think. Oh, I hope they like me. Oh, I hope this is okay. Oh, I hope I'm accepted. Oh, I hope I'm there. No, don't worry about all of that. Then he ends it like this. He just kind of gives us the overarching thing about our lives. And this is where I struggle the most. Not my food, not finances, not fitness, not fashion. Matthew 6.34, he says, Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow. That's the one that gets me. That's the one I stay up late at night thinking, I hope that works out. I hope things are okay. I, I, I wonder what's going to happen with this. I wonder if. I wonder how long. I, I, wonder, I wonder what we're worried about. I, I, I don't know what's going to go on tomorrow. Don't worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow will worry about itself. That's the future. Don't worry about the future. Don't worry about where your kids are going to go to school so much. I want you to, I want you to raise them. I want you to send them to college. I want you to send them to a SEC college if you want them to succeed and win at football. Don't send them to Texas or anywhere here. Send them to Arkansas or really just Arkansas. Send them to Arkansas and 
Just find a good SEC school, but you don't have to worry about it. Listen, we obsess over that. We obsess so much. I met none of y'all, none of y'all, but I met people who go to other churches who obsess over your kids getting into sports. He's eight years old. Brother's not going to play for the NFL. He's fat and slow, okay? He ain't going to play for the NFL. Why would you go to six practices a week? Why would you pay a quarterback coach, throwing coach, catching coach, pads coach, shoes coach? They're just taking your money. Your kids know better. (laughs) That was a little side note. Don't worry. Don't worry about the future. You don't have to worry so much about where where, where they go to school. Are they going to get a Am I going to get a job I enjoy? My God, is it, maybe you worry about irrational things. Am I going to get sick? What, what, what's happening? But maybe you worry about because of the, some trauma you bring from a past relationship. Maybe you worry about a spouse cheating. Irrationally. They give you no reason to worry. Let me let you, this is not a, a marriage series or, or, or even a marriage message. I'll get to that in a, in a couple of months. But let me just look at all the women in the room and tell you, when you're laying in bed and it's quiet at night and your husband's staring at the side of the wall and you say, what are you thinking about? And he says, nothing. Look at me. He means nothing. His brain is literally empty. Come on, men, say Amen. I had a few thoughts today. I used them all up. I got nothing. But you'll worry and worry. I wonder what she's thinking. I wonder what they're doing. I wonder if I'll lose my hair. (laughs) Oh, that's funny, huh? Some guys look good bald. If you're the rock, you look good bald, you know? But I'm shaped more like Kevin Hart. That brother don't look good bald, you know? And... What do we do? Jesus doesn't just tell us not to worry. He tells us how not to worry. Matthew 6, 26, an interesting analogy he makes. Matthew 6, 26, he says, look at the birds of the air. Okay. All right. That's an interesting way to go. So you're telling me not to worry about anything and then look at the birds. All right. What, what about them? Well, they don't sow and they don't reap and they don't store away in barns. And yet, they have food to eat. Now catch this. Don't miss this in all the fun. Yet... They have food to eat. Why? Because their heavenly Father feeds them. (laughs) Jesus teaches you not just not to worry, but how not to worry. God loves you more than He loves birds, and birds don't worry. Now, that doesn't mean if bird is a hungry bird that He doesn't get up and do something about it, but He's not worried. You have never in your life seen a bird sit back in his nest, his, his wings rubbing together, rubbing. Oh, God, where the worms, where the worms, where the worms, where the worms. Oh, I hope there's worms today. I hope the supply chain brought worms. I hope there's worms today. No, if birds are hungry, they get out and they hunt for worms. Why? God says, because their father has provided everything they need. You never hear a bird chirping in the middle of the night. You know why? Because they're sleeping. (laughs) That's a neat idea that at 2 o'clock in the morning I don't have to get up and chirp around my house going, Oh God, what are we doing? Oh God, I hope it's going to make it. Oh God, don't let them leave. Oh God, please let it be okay. Oh God, I don't know what we're going to do. No, I'm going to sleep at night because I don't have to worry. Because God feeds them. 
doesn't mean they're not concerned. Write it down like this. There's a difference between concern and worry. Concern focuses on challenges and moves you to action. Would you write that down? Concern focuses on challenges and then moves you to action. All right? We're hungry. Somebody in this nest has got to get up flying and get some worms. Okay? There's a concern in my marriage. I'm going to go to counseling preemptively. We're not on fire yet, but we're kind of smoking a little bit, and we're going to go deal with this before it gets too bad. I'm concerned. I'm going to start doing something. I've gained 12 pounds. Not a big not, not a big worry, everybody, but I need to do something. I probably should not have Bluebell every single night of the week. I take Bluebell like communion. Can I get a better amen? All right. I just, I'm, concern says there's a challenge and I'm going to do something about it. Now listen, watch this. Write this down. But worry, it doesn't focus on a challenge. Worry focuses on things that are beyond our control and it results in you getting paralyzed. Now I can't do anything. Oh gosh, what if? What if? What if the bomb falls? What if the business fails? What if they marry the wrong person? What if I took a wrong turn? What if the car breaks down? What if this is cancer? What if, what if, what if, what if, what if, what if, what if it's, I don't know what to do. And you end up doing what I call stewing and not doing anything. You just stew on it. You just ruminate on it. It's just, it's all in your life. And that's why Jesus asked the question in Matthew 6, 27. Can any one of you by worrying add a single hour to your life? And the answer is no. But actually what can happen is you can take a few hours off of your life, a few days, a few years. You can't add an hour. Birds don't worry about anything. Words, <laughs> birds are never up late at night pacing the nest. Why? Because they trust their father to feed them. So the antidote to worry is trusting God. When you worry, you're basically telling the Lord, God, I don't really trust you. I don't trust your plan. I don't believe you're with me. I don't even know if you're really even good. I like to say it like this. Write this in your notes. What you worry about the most reveals where you trust God the least. What I worry about the most reveals where I trust God the least. I know that's hard to swallow, but I think it's true. That we can trust God for eternal salvation, but you can't trust God that He's got His hands on your babies. That you can trust God has a good plan for their life, I just don't know if He has a good plan for my life. I can trust God to bless your business. I just don't know if I can trust Him to bless mine. Where we worry the most reveals where we trust God the least. What is it for you? Is it a health concern, a relationship, financial fear, an insecurity? Do you you not feel good enough? Do you not have what it takes? Where, where, Where are you at? What do you do when you realize I'm not trusting God enough? It's a great question and Jesus answers it Himself. Matthew 6.33, a lot of people just use this verse all by itself, but you can't pull it out all by itself. You've got to look at all the context all around it. And all of Matthew 6, Jesus is teaching about worry and not worry and don't worry and don't worry. Okay, God, how do I not worry? Matthew 6.33, but seek first His kingdom and His righteousness and all of these things are going to be given to you. The antidote to worry is to put God 
first. How do I not worry about this doctor's appointment? Because I prayed before I walked in. How do we not worry about finances? Because I, I, I returned my tithing to the Lord and God blesses everything I got left. How do I not worry about the future? Because God has shown himself faithful in my past. I've got a, he's got a track record of showing up, so he's going to show up again. He's never going to leave me. or for, How do I not worry about, I put God first in every, how do I not worry about my kids? I travel for ministry quite frequently and my children know i got a 10-year-old and an 8-year-old little boy and they know when, I'm, when daddy's gone, they see the, the, the luggage packing up in the loft they'll come to me and both of my kids just bow their heads because they know what's coming I'm going to put my hand on their head I lay hands on my kids and say God protect my babies keep them I'm, 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 I'm gone and not physically here to cover them you cover them you know why I don't worry about them because I put God first in them do you know why they don't stay up worried about me because we put God first in this relationship are you with me everybody seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness and all this other stuff. Seek first in your marriage. Don't wait till things are burnt down. Put Him first. Seek first in your finances. Don't wait till you're in bankruptcy and foreclosure. Put God first in your finances. Seek first every day of your life. Get up in the morning. Put God first. That's why David said, early would I seek the Lord in the morning. I, I put God first. That's why in January of every year we have 21 days of prayer and fasting as a church. There will be hundreds of people in this room praying and fasting for 21 days together. Why? Because I'm not going to worry about 2023. I'm not worried about elections. I'm not worried about economy. I'm not worried. I'm putting God first. God will take care of the rest. Your job is to put God first. Here's why. Because when you worry, about three things are going to happen. Come play so I can close. And I'll give you these three things only because if you come here a long time, you expect me to give you three things, so I don't want to let you down. Number one, if you start worrying, listen, if you're worried today about something, here's the first thing, it may never happen. Write that down. May never happen. May never happen. Researchers at Penn State asked people to document what they were worried about. And then they came back 30 days later and reviewed the list of things they were worried about. Listen, actual study by Penn State. 91% of the things they wrote down they were worried about never came to pass. 91% of the stuff they were worried about never happened. Let me, for all you math majors, let me do it this way. Less than 10% of the stuff that keeps you up at night is actually going to happen. Several weeks, several months ago now, I had to go to the dentist. Never been to the dentist. I mean, I go for cleanings or nothing. I never had a cavity. Thank you. I was expecting more. I brush and floss. I don't know what's wrong with all of you other nasty people, but I, I'm kidding. I just don't have... I just, I just never had a cat. Brandy's had braces and wooden teeth and all kinds. I mean, she just, she's used to going to the dentist. That's not true. But I mean, I, our, I, she just, she's had braces. She's gone to the dentist. She's done all that. I'd never been to the dentist in that way. Never had a cavity. Never had anything like that. But I cracked a tooth. And man, I dealt with this for weeks. I was so scared to go to the dentist. If you're a dentist today, why? Do something else. Be a foot doctor or anything. I was so scared. But I, I mean, I, I was in excruciating pain. I couldn't, I couldn't do it anymore. I mean, I, I was borderline abusing ibuprofen. Okay, everybody. I mean, I had to go do something. So, so I, I go to this weekend dentist. I mean, it's that bad. I mean, it's an emergency situation. Nobody goes to the emergency dentist unless things are bad, you know. And 
Everybody's in there, their mouths are hanging out, bad things are happening. I'm thinking, oh, God, they're going to pull all my teeth. And I get in the chair, and I'm visibly, I'm physically shaking. It's anxiety, right? It comes out in your body. And, and I'm, I'm on the phone, I'm on the speakerphone. The nurses probably think, what a baby this little guy is. Look at this. I'm physically shy. I don't know what, tell me what's going to happen. She's like, it's fine. They're good. And then they give me the gas. Lead with that. Lead with, we're going, we're going to give you some drugs. You're going to go to your happy place. <laughs> doctor does whatever he's going to do it's about three minutes he's looking over my head he goes okay it's done I said it's done I said yeah we're done called Brandy afterwards smiling she said well how was this not near as bad as I thought right number two the first thing may never happen number two it may happen but it won't be as bad as you thought that thing you're worried about may actually happen Probably not going to be as bad. Yeah, I didn't do so good on that test, but honestly, it didn't matter that much. Yeah, I asked her out. She said no, but I didn't die. Yeah, everybody laughed at me, but it, 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 it seemed to work out. That thing you're worried about may not happen. It may happen, but it may not be as bad as you thought. Here's the last one and the biggest one. It may happen, number three, and it may be bad, but God will carry you through. Look into my eyes. You've lived through the worst day of your life. Remember that. You've lived through every bad week. You made it. You may be bruised and limping a little bit, but you made it. This past week, we were watching Hurricane Ian come through southwest Florida and had friends there. I told you we had a team member with a home there and they were they were there in their home and I was I was brought back to time in our life 17 years ago Brandy and I lived on the Gulf Coast of Mississippi and uh, Hurricane Katrina was coming through August the 29th we had a first floor apartment we'd just been married a couple of years we were student pastors at a large church on the Gulf Coast and we had a little apartment on the bottom floor and the storm was supposed to hit Monday it's Sunday we went to church because that's what we do. We boarded up the church. Went to my pastor's house. We boarded up his house. We helping everybody. And we just packed this little bag and our little Ford Focus. And we, th- we thought, man, it's, you know. It took us nine hours to drive from the Gulf Coast of Mississippi to the Gulf Coast of Florida. It's about 100 miles. And it took us forever. We stayed up all night long watching the storm. We realized Category 5 storm had, had hit, a direct hit to southern Mississippi, right, literally in our home. Two days later, we make our way back, and um, it's a war zone. It's like, I can't describe to you anything I've ever seen anything like it. Uh, we're, we were under martial law, so there's soldiers at every... There's not intersections. There's not roads. There's not traffic lights. There's no buildings. It took us hours to find our home. We didn't know where we were. Like, we physically couldn't find uh, anything. And I remember standing at where our apartment had been, and everything had been sucked out to sea 20... 26 foot storm surge and her wedding dress is out to sea and just I just remember the devastation of the moment I, I, I recalled that while watching what's happening in southwest Florida category 4 storm hitting southwest Florida and those feelings came back and listen and almost immediately 
I, start, I had the benefit of time to look back and go, you know what? It was a hard day. It was a hard couple of days. It was a hard couple of weeks. We wouldn't be where we were today had that storm not taken us there 17 years ago. And it may happen, the thing you fear the most, the thing you're worried about the most, but God will carry you through. God will be your strength. God will make all things right. I'm telling you, in hindsight, it had to happen. We had to go through that. When you get to heaven, I think you look back over your life and go, thank God it happened like that so that it could happen like this. And God carried me through. You don't have to worry. Not because it's not bad, but because you put God first. And God is faithful. Bow your heads for prayer all over the house. Nobody moving around. Just if you'd be honest and want to be included in this final prayer, this final week of this message series, if anything I've said today or the last few weeks has spoken to you, if you're dealing with worry and anxiety and fear and struggle right now, would you just be honest and raise your hand and say, include me in this final prayer. I'm, I'm paralyzed with worry. I see you. What's going to happen? What are we going to do? I feel led to, to with your hand raised, I feel led to tell you, I, there's somebody worried about um, getting pregnant. There's a young couple who it's your fear that, you know, we don't know if we can have babies. Listen to me. God is your source. With your hand raised, just know that I can give my worries to the Lord. God, I put you first. Come on, just tell him that way. God, I put you first in this thing. I put you first in in what I'm struggling with, our marriage. I put you first there. God, I don't know how we started, maybe rocky, but I'm putting you first. I'm going to put you ahead of all the worry of our finances. God, I'm going to start tithing. I put you first. It, It shows that I put God first. And so the blessing of the Lord is opened up in my finances. And I put you first in my children. Maybe you're struggling and worried about your kids. Are they going to make it? Are they going to find the right friends? I'm worried about who he's hanging out with. I'm worried about who she's with. I'm worried about what's going on. But God is faithful. Just give it to God. Put God first in that situation. Maybe you're worried about your health. And maybe there's a a, a pain, a something, a a diagnosis, a, a procedure coming up. Maybe you're waiting on test results. Just put God first. God, you're my healer. God, you're my healer. By your stripes, I'm already healed. I thank you. I thank. Maybe you're worried about a relationship. If you're single today, am I ever going to find happiness again? Am I ever going to find somebody in my life? Just don't worry. Don't worry. Father, I pray for every hand that was raised and every person in church today. God, as they put you first, that you'd show yourself faithful. God, you value them more than birds. Your Father feeds every sparrow who falls. Father shows up to his funeral. How much more important are these precious people? So I pray today against worry and anxiety and the things of life that keep them up at night. I pray you'd give rest. God, the Bible says you give rest. You give perfect rest to those who trust in the Lord. So our trust in God. While you're still in this posture of prayer, if you've never given your heart to Jesus and Maybe you're worried about things in your life. You got to put God first in every area. You got to put Him first in your life. You got you got to make Him Lord of your life. He's either Lord of everything or Lord of nothing. He's either Lord of all or not Lord at all. 
So if you've gotten cold or maybe maybe you just step back and maybe your relationship with God is not what it should be, could be, or was, here's a great chance for you to rededicate your life. For you to just say, hey, I'm, I'm, i I got to get things back together. I can't pray this prayer for you, but I can pray it along with you. Matter of fact, everybody in the room will pray out loud with you. Say, Lord Jesus, thank you for the cross. Thank you for dying for my sins. I believe God raised you from the dead. I believe you have a plan for my life. Here's the part you can pray that's only you. It's just it's it's as deep as you can possibly find in your soul. Say, Jesus, forgive me of my sins. Be the Lord of my life. Take my past. Take my present. Take my future. Take all of me. Save me today. Forgive me today. I'll follow you all the days of my life. In Jesus' name. Everybody shout a big amen. Amen. Do you receive the word of the Lord today, everybody? Come on, give God praise for his word. Thank you for joining us today. And a special thanks to those of you who give generously to this ministry. You know, it's because of you that we're able not only to bring this message to you, but we're able to offer hope and life to the San Antonio Hill Country and beyond. So if you'd like to give today, you can visit cityhillstx.com right now. And if this message blessed you, why don't you click subscribe or share this message with your friends uh, on your socials. I pray it's a blessing to others in your world. Thanks again for listening today. God bless you.